Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Break, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. Today is the Gilbert Arena shot Swaggy P with a BB gun during an NBA gun awareness meeting edition. I am your host, J-Mac, in the studio with Kyle Beats. Josh VG is out. Kyle, what's going on, my man? Dude, I'm glad to be back in the studio. I'm glad to be talking about this, which is something I had no idea about, but... Almost certainly, Josh. This is Josh's favorite topic of, in NBA history. I know. I was so sad that he wasn't here. Did you hear about this story this week? No. Dude, so apparently, so Swaggy P has a podcast, which I didn't know about. I, I'm going to give this a listen this week and, and you know. Didn't and, know about that. Okay, I'm going to report back because, dude, I love Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson's uh, yeah, podcast me too. called all, all in the Smoke or All, all yep. of the Smoke. Fucking great, dude. And I love Steven Jackson. I love Matt Barnes. So, um, I'm going to check this out, but apparently they were telling old stories about Gilbert Arenas, and he was talking about how he brought a BB gun to... So apparently the Wizards had a big gun problem in the locker room Correct. at one point. I do recall that. Deshaun Stevenson, yeah, Gilbert. I, I remember Deshaun, I guess. I, I don't know. I just don't really recall that that much, though. I, I feel like I remember that being attached to Deshaun Stevenson, but... I, that was a big deal, man. Yeah, I guess, I don't, I guess I've just kind of blocked it out of my mind. But yeah, I guess Swaggy P brought a, uh, a BB gun into the locker room and Gilbert Arenas went and ripped it out of his bag and just shot him right in the chest. The best part about that story was there was an NBA representative that was like there doing the gun awareness meeting <laughs> standing there just, <laughs> just watch- no, no regard like we don't give a shit <laughs> just watch the whole thing and then just turned like he never even saw it. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean if some guy shoots another dude in the chest with a gun even if it's a BB gun I'm not saying a word because he'll turn it on me for sure. <laughs> Fair. Good point. And I mean, dude, that, I just love that story because people forget how good Gilbert Arenas is and the fact that he was just involved in, in shenanigans like that. Like we expect that out of Swaggy P, right? Like that's Definitely. that's the definition of what Swaggy P was as a professional. But <laughs> dude, you, you like Gilbert was getting like 28 a game and behaving like this with these goons. It's so funny, man. Like I love it. I mean, you're talking Swaggy P is the same guy that came out straight up and was like, oh yeah, well, everybody in the NBA does cocaine. And then realized, <laughs> oh wait, that's probably not cool to say. And then, Yeah, I shouldn't say that. And then he backtracked on it like three days later though. He didn't even really go back on it right away he he waited it was it was ridiculous dude i love took swaggy him, p too though took him that long to figure it out dude his instagram is really funny he like harasses like ex-teammates like children and stuff like oh my god like, goes yeah. to their house and like takes their toys and like throws it at him and stuff and it's like this guy's absurd all right i'm gonna i'm gonna throw that follow out there too we're just get, putting all kinds of plugs out there <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you'll appreciate that that's good that's good stuff right there but well, yeah, dude man. what about this uh you know, we're doing this Tuesday night. What about this Mavs Clippers game going on right now? Dude, it's pretty ugly so far. 
it is. I mean, it depends who, who, who you're who you're going for. I mean, the Clippers just look like a more you said it before we got on here physical dominant team. Absolutely. I mean, the Mavs have got Boban, and that's <laughs> really about it. I, like, I I see the vision for why they sign Boban and everything. I just I don't think that that adds the physicality consistently that you need though it, but like if you look at it like i don't think nerland's noel was going to do that either necessarily right like he doesn't he's no. he couldn't be body bagged around by these montrez Harrell types no i mean they're just not as as athletic at all across the board i will say bobon's played six minutes in his minus 12 with Jesus. literally nothing the only statistical category he has is two missed field goals Dude, it was, uh, it was really funny. A buddy of mine, when we were at the Lakers game, him and his brother were with me, and they were trying to sell me on Boban a little bit. And, and uh, my buddy, uh, he was doing this in jest, but more just to poke at me because he knows like I don't regard Boban as any kind of player, really. Dude, I was buying in on in the preseason foolishly. No, well, I, I've just seen him do this with so many teams, and like he's True. he's fine. True. He's just big, and that's all he is is big. And and right. sometimes that's fine. He's not going to get shoved around, but he is just running around like a chicken with his head cut off out there. Well, and, he has no business playing against athletes like the Clippers have, and <laughs> like, like scores like Lou Williams and Paul George. Like he can't be on the court with those guys. He no. needs to be playing like the backups against you know the Wizards. Exactly. That, that's where we would need to robo- run Boban. There you go, and that's what they're doing. But they were in jest more than anything else, trying to sell me on him. And I'm and they're like, you want to see more Boban? And all I could say is, you think you do. But you really don't. But you don't. Yeah, you, you really hey, don't. We've learned it. We've learned that, and I just maybe got a little excited because he's sure. obviously on the Mavs. But yeah, I mean, from a physicality standpoint, this game's been a little bit of a joke. I mean, Porzingis is probably the least physical seven three guy, seven foot plus guy I've seen in the league. Yeah, especially I mean, in a long time, Dwight Powell's a nice player, but he's not going to get it done. Luca's at you know fifteen six and six, which is great, and he's taken he's made two shots and he has fifteen points. He's eleven for eleven on free throws. Like That's- this dude's getting going to get 12 to 13 free throws a game this season. Like, he might get more than Harden. Well, and he's starting to improve his free throw shooting, too, which was a big problem for this team starting off. Correct. And He's starting to improve it, and he's just getting the superstar call now because, I mean, this this Luka train is is, roll, is steaming right now. Dude, so, okay, so we'll kind of – let's get into that for a second because there's a lot to talk about here. But, I mean, so far this season – he is averaging 30.6 points, 10.1 rebounds, and 9.8 assists. Correct. That is absurd over 16 games. I, I'm not, it is. It's absurd. And it's not even the thing I'm more impressed about is just the leap he took from last year. Yes. Like he took a, a major leap in the progression of last season. Yes. Because, you know, I had the, I had like, 15 or 20 games last year and just watching him in the first five versus the last five. It was like, this is a different player that looked like he just progressed three seasons. Right. Right. And we're basically seeing a guy hit his prime at 20, which is kind of <laughs> uncharted territory. I think LeBron had a case. Cause I mean, if you look at LeBron, he was like 24, seven and seven, but way more efficient from the field mm-hmm. and a way better defender than Luca at that sure. age. So you could argue that, but I mean, like look at who we're comparing this guy to LeBron. Like, and I was telling people, be careful with that up front. Like, yeah. I really think you, and I think you still need to do that a little bit because the thing with is, is just durability. Yep. Like, can you keep that up for 17 years? But from a prospect, a ceiling standpoint, I don't think it's too crazy to compare him to LeBron at this point. I mean, let's put it this way. It's a better leap from year to year than Dennis Smith Jr. took. And that's what yes. they were looking at as their franchise cornerstone two years ago. Dude, I was I was on the DSJ train. Everybody just was. 
I was in this dark place as a Mavs fan, so it's just like I'm looking for anything to cling on to, but there, could not be more happier about this. There is no, We'll get back to Lucas' stats and everything in a second, but there is nothing wrong with Dennis Smith Jr. for the time that he, like, the time that sure. they were looking in. But at the end of the day, when you, you stack him up against the prospect of even getting your hands on Luca in the first place, you have to think, okay, well, this is worth, you know, I would rather the Knicks take a a flyer on him and get Port. Porzingis, his buddy, which I told you the last season, guys want to play with their friends, so here we are, and you know, get Porzingis in there where he knows how he plays, and really take the leap if you're going to take the leap. And I, I just would rather have Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, I would rather the Knicks take that risk than the Mavericks if you're the Mavericks. And I mean, I obviously that's Monday morning quarterback, and that's easy to say, sure. but like even at the time, we thought that was a better idea. And the fact that they moved what they did for Porzingis, it was expensive. Overall, it was an incredibly expensive trade and an incredibly expensive contract. And it's a guy that, you know, from a Porzingis standpoint, hasn't figured out how to be the not the guy yet. And I, I, we'll get into that in just a second. But I think they put the pieces around him, and it's already showing. They're, they need more pieces, though. They're not there yet. No, they're, they're – people say a trade or two away. It's really they're like a couple of draft classes and a free agent signing away. So I don't think they really have that many great – assets to trade and they don't necessarily need to you have Luca for four more years um on his rookie deal which is I mean just a gift because he's gonna get like 45 mil a year by that by that point you have Porzingis but other than that you really don't have a lot on the books after like next season you still do but the season after that you have hardly anything on the books a lot of guys fall off so let me ask you this so uh, a, a really weird one that they're gonna have to figure out how to deal with is Tim Hardaway Jr. because he has a player option next year for 18 mil and that he's picking that up well, I don't know though, dude, because he's he won't playing, get that. He's playing really well. Here's the thing. Okay, so I, I I'm a hundred percent with you. That's a hundred percent where my mind goes automatically. But I started looking at this year's free agent class. There's like nobody out there. Yeah, so, it's not that great. But that's the that. So the Mavs are right at the cap basically this year and next. But the season after that, that's the 2021 when Giannis is a free agent. Their cat, they they only have like forty five or forty six on the books, right? But what I'm saying is, if you well, and you're, uh, I think you're gonna have to pay Luca by then. Maybe you have one more year after that. No, you have an additional year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so but the thing is, like with Hardaway, like he's playing fine so far, and we'll see, you know, how it goes because we kind of know what he is and what he isn't. But I mean, he had thirty one points the other night, like, and obviously that was a bit of an anomaly. He, he got benched because he was like stopping the ball basically like Carlisle was tired of it because he was stopping the ball and not shooting well he got benched and he came back and he's been on freaking fire like yeah. three games in a row I mean it's unreal I mean he's averaging 12.4 points a game and that's with a slow start right and, and coming off the bench as well 2.1 rebounds two assists but I like, just don't think he'll get 18 in the free market dude, that's why I think he'll take it I'm with you but like at the same time like the free agent class is so weak that like if you're a team like I don't know OKC or somebody like that where you want to go out, maybe not OKC, that's not a great example, but like maybe like Golden State or something like that where you could go add a guy for relatively cheap, like the same, maybe a little bit more, but guarantee it for two or three years. I mean, it's a situation where he could, maybe. Play, he could play. It works out well for the Mavs no matter what happens, I think, because, well, other than him being shitty and opting in, that would suck. But like if he plays well, then they get him on a bar and opts in. They get him on a bargain. If he doesn't play well, then they're stuck with that, and that's just one more year, and it comes off the books anyway. Or they trade it. They somehow manage to trade it for. I don't know how that would work, but well, you know, we'll get there later. What we have to look at also is they have 
they have Golden State's second round pick this year, which is going to probably be the number the thirty uh, first overall pick, right, or thirty second overall pick. They have yep. their first round pick, which will probably be around twenty. Do they? Yes. So I think they're going to be able to really hit on some some of these draft picks. Um, you know, you get two right there. You could probably get one player that really matters or can and can contribute. You have Dorian Finney Smith at four mil over the next two years. After this year, that's a steal. Resigning guys like Seth Curry or getting a Danny Green, you're going to have to get some guys on loaners. But I think you just need to basically find D and three guys to put around Luca and make up for his just make up for his, his deficient uh, defensive, you know, deficiency as an on ball defender. Yeah, right. Like he he's we've talked about this. He can develop as an off ball defender and a good team defender, and he knows the game well enough to make some you know jump some passes and take some risks. But he's got to have. You know, KP continue to be a rim protector with a lot of help from the wings on the outside. Well, and with KP, like he hasn't figured out his spot in this offense yet by any or defense, really, for that that matter. He hasn't figured out his spot on this team. And I really do think that he's not used to being the number one player on the team. And they're I, number two. Yeah. And I, I think that he. I think he's accepted that and is saying the right things, but I don't know that he's accepted that, accepted that yet. And it's like, you know, like you think about what he has to do to work well. He's got to be like down in the lane, you know, working like kind of like Dirk used to do, like, right? Like that's his game, but like you can't do that with a, with a guard like Luca. You just can't because you got to keep those lanes open for Luca to be able to come in whenever he wants to and go to the rim. And so he's just got to figure out what that other place is. Now, the one thing that I don't really understand and I don't love seeing all the time is him taking that damn three from the like, the like not the corner but like the side of the arc i never right. really like he makes that shot he he's got to be less than 40 percent on it he's got to be yeah for yeah, as many I, times I, he takes that one shot i'd have to look I'd, I'd be interested to know that because he takes that shot a lot and it's not eh, I, I don't know i just looking at the roster i'm trying to figure out what they need to do and i think it's a combination of you know, it's easy to say they need they need a more physical rim protector so KP can play the stretch four, and they need a, a more elite D and three guy. Yeah. Um, you know, just put hit an elite D and three guy like a, a Bradley Beal to pair with Dorian Finney Smith with Luca oh, bringing the ball up, buddy. I mean, it's a wrap, dude. Like, I really think I really believe that. And you know, going back to the Luca, you know, he passed. I really want Josh on here to talk per. Uh, he would be. <laughs> We have to watch him. He'd get a little too excited about this. But Lucas passed passed Giannis, you know, with in the PER for the year. I mean, he's at like yeah. 33, 33 and a half. It's absolutely insane. All of a sudden, we'd see Josh's desk just flip over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is sustainable. And I still think Giannis is probably the MVP because they're going to win 15 more games than the Mavs are going to win probably. Yeah. Uh, even though the Mavs are trending in a good direction. I mean, 11 Dude, and 5. If if Luca wills them to how many wins do the, does Luca have to will them to for him to be considered in the MVP race? Like so really considered. I think he's going to be considered no matter what. Heavily considered, like in that top two or three with you know Giannis and Harden. I probably set the over under around 48, 49. They've got to get to forty eight to fifty games for him to yeah, be. Yeah, you considered. win fifty games, you're for sure in there because you're going to probably yeah. be you know a five seater better. And that Mavs roster, like, not a lot of guys can do that. Yeah, definitely not. It's kind of crazy to say, like, swap Luka with any player in the NBA who makes the Mavs better. I think the only answer is LeBron James. Yeah. Well, dude, though, like, so it's interesting, though, because I was, th I was thinking Maybe about this not. today. You'd probably get tired of those players. If you think about the MVP race right now, like, is LeBron in that top five for you right now? Top five, yeah, yeah. 
What? Sure, like he's leading the league in assists, and he's what else is he leading the league in? Oh, I'm, I mean, he's at like he's still at like 26 points, and he's shooting over 50 percent, and he's shooting a lot higher three point percentage than Luca or Harden. And I think, you know, Josh pointed it out earlier. His defense is a lot better this year. Like he might get well, all he's in, trying to play defense, right? So I mean, he's playing a lot better there. I think he probably is the highest in the league in win share. If if not, it's Luca or Giannis, but. I mean, I just think he does the most for his team. I would probably have my MVP. I'd go Giannis, Luca, Harden. Honestly, uh, yeah, I'd probably put LeBron four over Anthony Davis. Yeah, I think Davis is. You can look. You can tell me stats, but just I test who's making that team better. I think it's LeBron. I think it's Davis, dude, and I don't think it, I don't even think it's close. I think LeBron is helping him, but I, I just I think LeBron falls like. I mean, you've got. I think. Honestly, like Harden, probably. I mean, if you think about who means more to the team, because we're talking about MVP, right? Like, right. The most that's valuable what I'm player saying. Team. I think, I think it's LeBron, I, dude. I think it's AD for that Lakers team. If you're just talking about that specifically, but I mean, Giannis. Fair means, argument. I mean, they're both playing out of their minds. Giannis means more to his team. Uh, I don't think we're there with Kawhi yet, just because he hadn't played. I think you got to give it to Giannis, Luca, and Harden Luka. over LeBron or AD because of how much help each one gives each other. Yeah. But I'm just saying, go back to that Mavericks thought. Replace Luka with any player. Like, just swap them. Nobody makes that Nobody. team better than Luka does, except maybe LeBron, but I think he would get tired of playing with those guys. But, like, uh, Giannis James Harden might. would make that team worse. Giannis might make them better, though. Who's your starting point guard in, <laughs> that, the, in, the, Western, but, in the Western Conference? Does, Jalen Brunson? Does that matter anymore, though? Like, I mean, mm. positions are so fluid. Okay, who's your primary ball handler? Who is bringing the ball up the court? Jalen Brunson, Seth Curry, like Seth. Eh. Well, if ideally Steph Curry, if uh, Steph, Seth Curry, I always do that, dude. Um, ideally Seth Curry, but that hasn't seemed to materialize quite yet, and I don't know that it it's going oh. to the way that it was anticipated. But I think I'm I think I'm good on that. Um, I'm not saying that that's the answer or anything like that, but I, yeah, you're you're probably right, and and I don't think it gets really tough with Harden, dude. Because I, and man, if I have to watch. Already, we are like 20 games into this season. If I have to watch Houston play any more basketball at all, I'm going to vomit all over the place. That it, I, I love hate, it. I love how I much you hate it. because I, I hate it, dude. I, I actually kind of love it. But I only love it in the fourth quarter, so I guess that isn't, isn't a good thing. But you know I'm a big Westbrook guy, so I just like mm -hmm. seeing him go wild and then kind of switch it up and harden a little ISO for 20 seconds. It's it's interesting to me in the fourth quarter in a close game. It's just boring <laughs> to me, about it. But it's it's not sustainable. I think that's a significantly worse team than it was. La not significantly worse. I, dis that's, I disagree. That's a worse team as far as meant for the playoffs. They're going to get steamrolled in the playoffs. The play I mean, dude, the way barring injury, it's going to be a team out of Los Angeles. I mean, it's just very evident. Yeah. It is. They, they are materializing to be what we thought they were going to be, barring injury once again. Yeah. So... Any other Luca thoughts? I mean, it's pretty damn impressive, right? It, it really is, man. And I, I think the my main thought is just it's it's not too early to to compare him to LeBron. I think that's I think that's fair at this point. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, though. I don't want to compare him to LeBron necessarily, but not what, as a player, but as a, as a prospect in terms of his ceiling. Yeah. Like he's like a ninety-seven out of a ninety-seven out of a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't hate that. Yeah. Like his his rating is just as high. I'm not. They're they're a little different players, you know. We've we've heard Bird Magic. You know, I know he watched mostly LeBron, but to me, he's Le he's LeBron passing. 
he is hardened one-on-one and my boy made this point and i agree with it but he's like a magic personality he has that magic mm. like people like him a lot yeah he seems like a good teammate and he's bought into dallas early when he drives and kicks though to the corner it's so much like lebron dude it's clear that he grew up watching him it, but his iso is like hardens dude like his handles and his step back is very hardened-esque it is and the uh, so simmons mentioned this which caused me to get out the big book of basketball which you know we all love love it and I started looking into this. The best, I mean, we obviously didn't watch him play, but when you look at everything as a whole sample of work, he looks like Larry Bird playing now, dude. That's what it looks like. I heard that take. I, I don't know about that. Dude, you got to go look at the numbers. I'm telling you, they're very similar. The in numbers might be similar, but I think he is. Well, he's got better handles than Larry Bird. Right. For I sure. think he's more of a guard. Yeah. Like, well, but the. NBA is more fluid now than it's ever been. So that's uh, the pace in the eighties was fucking fast, dude. The yeah. the Showtime Lakers played at a faster pace than anyone's playing at right now. Yeah. But I think one of the biggest, uh, like the biggest things that has surprised us this year is that in the Western conference specifically, things have ground to a halt a little bit. You do have a lot more defense. LeBron's a great example of that. Yeah. Playing a lot it's... better defense and you've got a lot of physical teams in the, in the West. No, you really do. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's a much more physical game in the West, which uh, has been on display by by the Clippers. I just want to talk about that a little bit more. We've talked about how deep they are. We know how good their defense is and uh, their perimeter play. I continue to be extremely impressed by Lou Will. I watched that Celtics game. I watched that Rockets game. Those were great games that both came down. The Clippers could have lost both of them very easily. Came down to the last minute. Uh, just good basketball early in the season, but Lou Will has been insane, man. He's averaging what twenty two in year seventeen. Like that's absurd. He's still getting buckets, dude. And every time he shoots, I think it's going in. It's like poor man Steph. It's unreal. I still don't know how to measure that trade overall. And I mean, I think it's a regular season thing, but what it does is it allows you to load manage Kawhi and win fifty seven games when Lou Will is going for thirty every other game. Yeah, that's true. I, I just because he, I'm trying to think. So he came over in the Tobias Harris trade. Is that right? Yeah, he came from uh, from Houston. Oh, that's right. No, yeah. yeah he the came Tobias Harris trade was the swap for... That got him from the Clippers to Philly, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, right, right. yeah I, I just... I don't know, man. Like, another guy that really uh, has kind of surpassed expectations so far and has done exactly what he was as advertised to do every year is Patrick Beverly. He's been great for the Clippers. Dude, I mean, that you watched that Boston game. I know you did. He's just a menace out there. He, him and Marcus Smart going back, back and forth on... <sighs> defense uh really special defensive players yeah no doubt about it um one other last note on this clippers mavericks game just since it's on um the mavericks were going to lose this game no matter what given how bad these uniforms look dude these it's absolutely terrible these working that are, lime green in and they got on the court what is their obsession with that lime green dude i don't get it like so i get it because it's the the outline of a building in downtown dallas but other than that i don't that make sense but it doesn't it doesn't look good no, like those ones that they had last year that were like DAL with that lining on it, those look it was all those right. Were, yeah, I those like were that. fire. Compared to these things, these look like a dude, I don't know. I don't even know. The I think the writing of Mavs is what kills me the worst about it. It's yeah, really terrible. The font really bothers you, really grinds your gears. I do like that they have the the city more obvious in the court, and I love that That's they dumb. don't Yeah, I like that. And I love that they don't have the Dirk shadow in this court because he deserves better than that. Yeah, he deserves a street, which he got. Yep, for sure. Did you see he was back at, a, at the game uh, on Monday night? 
Yes, sir. Yeah, or uh, Sunday night. Yeah. I kind of feel like he's just going to be like, you know, a, an advisor of some some sort. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it, the writing's on the wall there for sure. He's just, and I, and you know what, man? Simmons talked about this. Um, and I heard it on, uh, on another NBA podcast in the ringer as well as that we're spoiled in DFW. I mean, we're going to get Luca for another probably 10 plus years. Easily. He's I a mean, superstar, he, man. People don't even know what he is yet. That's the best part about it. He, this city adopted him from day one and he's the kind of guy that's just going to ride with that. Like he doesn't give a shit where he lives, dude. He's from fucking Slovenia. Slovenia. Yeah. Like it's all good. Did you see that? Uh, at, so you were talking about how people love him already and everything, you know, he was in a press conference the other day or not a presser, but just an after the game, after game in the locker room kind of, you know, conversation. And, uh, someone asked him, they were like, you know, so what's the, uh, what is the, the difference from this, you know, last year to this year, as far as, you know, just on the court play in general. You know, just one of those generic yeah. ass questions they ask. And he just goes, Well, we don't have Dirk playing defense, so there's that. <laughs> and there was like this pause and he just started laughing. He goes, I'm just kidding. That's so great. <laughs> that's, that he's, what that's what I'm saying. He's got like that magic personality. I really yeah. think so. I mean, that's a twenty year old kid. He's not nervous or uncomfortable like most guys would be at that age. Yes. So uh, I think the way he carries himself, obviously, this being like his fifth professional year in professional basketball, um, pretty fucking is a good big deal, right? Yeah. Like that's a big deal. But yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for it, man. But I, I so right now, Clippers, Lakers, who who scares you more? The Clippers, simply because of their bench alone. Just their the bench is so solid, dude. And like their bench, they basically what they did was they took their starting lineup from last year, moved a quarter of it to the bench and then brought in fucking Kawhi Leonard and Paul George who's not a, bad, not a bad recipe right there no and that's like I think that we've talked a ton about this I don't want to keep going back to the Mavericks or anything but like with Luka and everything like we talked a ton about this where like and this is what the Mavericks are trying to do and a lot of other teams in the league are trying to do where you have this you have this like model that works where you build pieces around it and say hey you're our guy to put us over the top come here and I think that's going to work, man. People want to talk about how Dallas isn't a destination. It hasn't been because they spent a ton of time trying to sell old Dirk. And right. I love Dirk, but I think I don't think the NBA respected Dirk after probably 2014, something like that, as much as they did at one point in time. Yeah, you made that point when we were talking about during the week that the Mavs thought way more highly of Dirk than the rest of the league did, which I think is a great point. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Except right. when you're trying to recruit guys that way. <laughs> right. And we were talking about the narrative of Dallas being not able to recruit. And I and I agreed with that where you disagreed with it. And I guess it's – I'm saying they haven't. I do – I'm not saying they can't. I definitely think they can with Luke. It's a much easier sell with him and KP versus yeah. what you're trying to sell with Dirk, right? But historically, it's just – it's not panned out. So when I see it, I'll believe it and I won't be surprised because we're selling a hell of a package. But, um, dude, when you're trying to sit there, I mean, I I always look back. I know, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this on this show. I know you and I have talked about this in general. But like, when you look at that year with DeAndre bailed out on him, and everybody was like, mm -hmm. "Oh shit, that was the worst thing that happened." Was that a dick move? Definitely. But like, when you look at what was on the wall, <laughs> and this is exactly what Doc said when he walked in that room. You've got Chandler Parsons who's got glass knees. You've got Wes Matthews coming off an Achilles injury. You've got yeah, old Dirk. Dirk. Like, I I get. It, it was a it was a tough thing to put together, and it it was a gamble that the Mavericks took that didn't work. And he sold them on the fact that this probably won't work, and it didn't. It didn't work yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can't blame him on that. He's going back to a better roster. Yeah, it didn't I, matter. I think, but <laughs> I think we're going to be perfectly fine here. You know, going back to the the Los Angeles teams, though, 
you're concerned about the Lakers' depth. You've you've made that evident in our discussions. You know, rumors are that Iggy's going to get traded, right? I mean, Memphis is basically coming out and saying he's not going to play for us, but we're not going to buy him out. Yeah. So you're going to have to trade for him. I think both the teams can muster up the assets to to move, make a move for Iggy. What what? Well, what I guess the assets Lakers do the would Lakers be pretty have? hard pressed. Yeah. What? Well, assets I think you could just have? I think you just trade players for him. Just make the money match up because yeah. Memphis isn't getting any production out of out of Iggy. Why not trade 35 year old Iggy, which is probably on the books for 14 to 16, for two like younger players that are on cheap deals? Dude, my thing is like you can't like and I, you know how I am about this kind of thing. Like if I sign my name to a piece of paper, it's it's contract, and I fulfill that contract. Iggy's acting like a fucking asshole. And well, he got traded there. Exactly, but you know what? Like that's the roll of the dice. Yeah, I guess and that's true. That's the roll of the dice, and you can't just Derek Fisher this damn thing and take your shoes off and say I'm not going to fucking play. Well, he he is. I mean, I, 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 whether I you, it. whether it's right or wrong, I I'm with you there. But but he's I mean, going to do that, right? But I don't think so. In in which case, what what incentive do do the Grizzlies have to trade him to? I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter whether it's a. Because they're rival not competitive. Team. You trade I, I get the Lakers that. and you cash in a thirty-five-year-old for two twenty-three-year-olds. But you could also turn around and trade him somewhere in the East as well for pretty decent value. I, I just they're I, not going to be competing in a while. As good as John Moran and Triple J are, they're still a long way away. But they're a whole other half of the league that we're not talking about. Like I just it, this is the absurdity yes, I, I talk about with the Lakers, where it's like the Lakers fans always think that. It's all about the Lakers, and it's fucking not. And it's been proven oh. over and over and over again. And, and like they've acted like assholes in doing business for so long that like I wouldn't want to fucking deal, deal with Rob Polinka. That guy's a jackass. No, I mean, I, I'm with you there. I'm with you. I'm just telling you what Woj said. Woj said it's Lakers, Clippers, Rockets are the, the, oh, likely, the likely buyers. So I would think the Rockets need him way more than those other teams. Oh, I would love to see him on the Rockets for Westbrook. I think that would be a huge addition because their depth scares me a lot, too. Like That's the thing. is like You look across the board of who the Clippers may place, face in the playoffs. You're looking at, uh, in the Western Conference Finals specifically, you're looking at the Lakers. You're looking at the Rockets. Uh, I think the Nuggets still have the potential to get there. Maybe the Jazz. None of those teams have the depth at the Clippers doing it. it's not no. really even close it's not close at all I don't think any team in the league has the depth that the Clippers do and I mean it, it's that's not even really close honestly no no I just think it's I like Milwaukee last year with Brogdon but yeah you're right I just think it's silly to think that it's a foregone cl- conclusion that he's gonna end up with the Lakers I, I actually didn't see that Woj said that but I just think it's it's silly to think that there's not. No, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, it's not an automatic thing. I, I think that there are teams that would give up more for him, or that can give up more for him, just given the experience and stuff like that alone. I wouldn't hate the depth on the Celtics, to be honest. No, no, it'd be a good ad. But let me let me play devil's advocate here. If he goes to the Lakers, does that swing you in any way? I think uh, that's a big deal. I don't know if it's a big deal, but it's helpful. You want to know why it's a big deal? Is because now with AD, LeBron. And Iggy, you have three guys you can rotate on Paul George and Kawhi in a seven-game series. That's so I think that's a uh, – I mean, you know how I feel about defense. I think you're the same way. I mean, that's a pretty big deal because if – take Iggy off that team, look at the current roster. Who's the third body? You need a third body to rotate onto those two superstars. Is it Kuz? Like, is it KCP? He's a little short. I mean, it's, it's not rough. KCP. Yeah, it's got to be Kuzma. He's a pretty decent defender. Though. He is. I mean, he's a good defender, but he's – yeah, he's sort of – yeah, he's like six six though, six five. Such a so weird he's size, struggle. dude. Yeah, he's kind of a tweener there for sure. I just, I like so with that though. Like, I don't, 
I, what I think the difference is, though, like you're talking about Anthony Davis and LeBron, who are still elite. Well, <laughs> Anthony Davis is in his prime, but LeBron's still elite. I don't think that Iguodala is one of those guys. He's not get, like he's a bench guy at this point. He's a depth no. Guy. He's a, yeah. I agree. He's he's a six man probably. He can still score a little bit, but he has everything right. Right, like he's going to make the right pass. He's going to get rebounds. He he's going to obviously play good defense. And I think at this age, especially with the rest that he's had, you know, he keeps himself in shape. He can play 20 to 25 minutes in a meaningful playoff series and guard the best player for half the game. Like, that's a big deal. It is. I mean, every bit is helpful, Strictly right? for the playoffs. Every every bit is helpful. I just, when I look at 35 years old, like, I think there's only several people in my mind that can do something like that, and it's like LeBron, Dirk. Like, <laughs> you know, like, fucking phenomenal superstars. And I just, right. I I'm asking him to come in and be a specialist. Yeah, definitely. I, I want him for leadership, leadership yeah. being on a champion team and guarding the best player for 20 minutes of the game. Just that, do that for me. That would be a new thing for the Lakers is some leadership. That'd be great. dude. <laughs> wow. It does seem like they've gotten a little bit of that in check though this year. It seems like LeBron has settled down and realized like it's not all about me quite as much. He's been a lot less of a jackass. I've really liked the way he's just kind of conducted himself about being his business for these first, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to happen all season because God knows it probably won't, but right. he's so, really just gone about his game. And I've really liked that a lot. You, and I, oh, I think a lot of it has to do with, I was going to say with the team chemistry, I agree. It looks good right now. It has a lot to do with winning, right? Let's yep. see what they do when they face adversity. But I think because AD and LeBron's relationship seems to be really strong and off to a good start, that that's kind of feeding off the team. They're vibing off of that. Yeah. And, and I'm fine with that. I think that makes a ton of sense. That was always the idea, right? Like, LeBron sees that he doesn't have to necessarily it's not that he doesn't have to work as hard because that's not saying the saying it properly but he's just seeing that he I mean this is the first time LeBron's played with someone who's not like Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love around him you know like (laughs) like for real pieces other than obviously the Miami teams and all that but that's you know it feels like it feels like a long time ago it it was a long time ago and further than like and and dude so the thing is like you've always respected LeBron like I I respect the hell out LeBron like I I love LeBron James and and as a player I think he's an asshole human being but like that's that's (laughs) that doesn't matter we're talking about basketball right and like you've always had a little bit more or held him in a little bit higher regard, but this is the the roller coaster that he's always done for me, where he goes into that likable thing where I'm like, yeah, I could kind of get on the LeBron train, you know, all the way, and then he d- turns around and just does a bunch of jackass shit, and like he's always kind of done that that roller coaster, and I fucking hate that about him. Like I mean, that I makes me too. hate him. I do too, but to a degree, I think some of the things are overblown. I do think this unreal microscope was on every move of that dude's life, and I think he's just a lot more fucking human than some people i don't know man Dude, i like yeah he, he does some asshole stuff though like the last i told you the last 18 to 24 months leading up to this season it bothered me but i still doesn't what what he does on and off the court overall i still i still like for the most part that's fair i i just i it, that's why i've always why i've always struggled with him i think it's just it is a roller coaster and you never really know i mean you can't really say that the guy's not an asshole when he does things like the decision and i know he's come out and said like you know that was a mistake and i was young and all that shit but like that's a real fucking prick thing to do the way he did the lakers thing was the most humble thing i've ever seen him do where he just signed the deal and put it out on twitter that was fucking <laughs> the most humble fucking thing i've ever seen that guy do almost felt foreign a little bit yes and that's sad it shouldn't be that way with him he's way, way better than that I asked Josh this last episode um, when you when you weren't on with us, and I wanted to ask you if you have one guy to win a playoff series, though you're taking LeBron still, right? Yeah, probably so. 
mean, as is right Kawhi, now. Yeah, maybe like Kawhi. I yeah, I mean Kawhi's a different type of guy though, and that's like yeah, I'm, Ka- I'm taking LeBron. I don't even really think it's that close. Yeah, LeBron. Like, is it just he's more demonstrative in everything that he does? Is that what it is? Of why I would take him? Or? No, no. Just like, is that why it just feels like it's? I feel like it may be closer by the numbers than we think, but like it shouldn't be. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think he just is more impactful to the game overall, and I think there's more of a spotlight on him. And he, yeah, he is. He has more personality. Like that's yeah, that's fair. Pretty well, <laughs> not I mean, not difficult to do, right? I so mean, does a coat rack. And the Clippers <laughs> have kind of embodied that a little bit too. What we saw the. Uh, Toronto do the the boardman swag. I mean, they're they're really kind of. I mean, you're still gonna have guys like you know Lou Will and guys go wild, but they're definitely like when it's game time, when it's game on the line, they're super locked in. They are hyper focused yeah. in that huddle with Doc, which is definitely a direct correlation with Kawhi and him starting to develop as a leader. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and Paul George is like a relatively quiet superstar as well. Definitely. So I think it, it's really funny them and. That combo versus the 80 LeBron combo is like introvert, extrovert in the same city. It's really interesting. It really is. That's for sure. I didn't, I didn't even really thought about it too much, but that's a very I good point. I didn't either until I just said it. But I also think that they believe in Doc as well, and I think that's a yes. big part of this as well. I think that yes. he's he's got him bought in better than than a lot. And I, you know better me, than man. Frank Vogel. Yeah, definitely better than Vogel. Good, I mean, but you we'll know see. me. I don't like. Well, I mean. It's, this is the Ty Lue thing with that. You don't fucking need a coach. Luke when you, Walton. Yeah, or Luke Walton. Doesn't matter. Um, you've got, you don't need a coach when you've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis playing together. You just really don't. Like, that's, you, you let those guys go to work. That's what you do and get out of their fucking way. Like, true. at the end of the day, that's what this is. And I just, I think that Doc has more command, like, than that. And you know me, man. I mean, we're, <laughs> despite the fact that I, I shouldn't. I don't really like Doc that much. I feel like I should have more respect for him than I do. But like, he didn't go fucking win a championship in Boston. I mean, he did, but like, I mean, <laughs> he had Garnett and <laughs> Paul right. Pierce. I mean, you know, Ron and you know, good playoff Rondo when that was a thing. You know, so like, I mean, I- I've always given him a little bit more shit than everybody else. But I think he's done a good job with this Clippers team now that he's not running basketball operations. Dude, no, I think Doc has proved himself to be a really good coach over the last two seasons. Yeah. Really even really even three, to be honest. Uh, dude, let's talk about some of these rule changes we saw pop up, you know, since you and I at least last spoke, you know, the midseason tournament and, and so forth. I saw a take from James Harden who didn't seem to be too fond of it, basically like, you know, calling it out at saying, Are we in college? Like, I'm not I'm not gonna take this shit seriously. I mean, yeah. So uh, as a preference, I think all these changes are trash. I really do. Like we're gonna Pretty take bad. the we're gonna take the league from eighty two games to seventy eight. Why would you do that? So then every single stat in the book is gonna have to have stars next to it and all that shit because that's why it's not gonna happen, right? Like, I, like what does that accomplish? Nothing. Nothing. So pass not on that. Okay. Pass hard. Pass on that. So then the next one is the. We'll get to the reseeding of the playoffs in a second. But the next one is the in season tournament. What is your What are your thoughts on that? Huge injury risk. I don't think the top out of the top fifty players, maybe ten might play. Like that's just going to be load management tournament. It's basically going to be like summer league in the yeah. middle of the season. Yes, that's my. For, but with games that count for some reason. And like, so do you like, what's the incentive for guys to play in it? Like what, what, how do you incentivize guys to, like Kawhi to play in that in a mid season tournament? 
you can't, I mean, I guess a lot of additional cash and you would get, I mean, it's possible because you would get huge TV revenues off that. Cause if Kawhi Leonard is going to play in those tournaments, I'm going to be locked in. You know what I mean? It's, that's fun. But uh, I guess, but is it the fact know. that it counts towards your regular season record is very strange, though. I mean, it would have to, right? I, I think that I mean, either way, either way, right? The, it's the details they're gonna been, have to incentivize these guys with like a mill a game, like that's probably what it would take. And they're not gonna do that. That's a lot of fucking money to give to these guys. They're not gonna make that kind of they're, money. They're like making this. half a mill a game normally. Yeah, exactly. So like, I but this would be highly televised. I think you, your ad revenue would just be off the charts. It'd be like Super Bowl levels. So I know that like we would watch this, but like, so that's my other question: is would this, would that even draw in? the average fan pass like like look at the super bowl right like everybody and their mom watches the super bowl that's just that happens right for the most part i mean obviously that's i guess that's true more people i I take that back more people are definitely watching the super bowl than this tournament more people watch the nfl and the nba in general and this is not gonna be just a thing you do well i get that but like so my point with that though is like okay so like it's not to compare the two things, but like you're not gonna have and like you, me, and Josh are gonna sit down and watch this, right? Like definitely. But we are gonna sure, sit down and watch parties. Yeah, but we are gonna sit down and watch all this stuff anyway. So right, like that right. you're not gonna have watch parties like a Super Bowl. Right. And like my I can tell you one thing, my mom isn't gonna get interested in, you know, <laughs> right, the right. first round of the NBA tournament in February. Like I just I don't see that being any especially when you've got th- four That's months fair. of the season to go. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So like that does it just I think that stinks. I don't think it's players are going to be interested in it. To James Harden's point, have fun with that because that doesn't sound appealing at all. It does not. What do you what do you think about the play-in games? Did you see that? I think that's absurd as well. That's absurd. Like okay, so it, it's a combination of two things. So you would have play-in games. You essentially you expand the playoffs by two teams, and essentially you would have like the the eight and the ten or no it's the the eight and the nine play and dude and then the no the seven and the eight the nine and ten and then it all brackets out from there to figure out who gets the seventh and eighth spot it's absurd it makes no sense basically do a tournament of the seven eight nine and ten seed the two winners of that get the seven and the eight seed or the, the winner and the second place team get seven and eight seed but it's like we're going to play a tournament just to get slaughtered. Right. Like those teams aren't probably going to win the way, especially the way the NBA is set up right now. Right. I, I think that's a terrible idea. I mean, you're a big baseball guy, right? I mean, you do uh, the outfielder for, for Sensibly Loud. Do you think that that's made postseason baseball that much better? No. Right. Well, and, I mean, this, and now we're talking about adding teams that are below middle of the, of the league. And at least in baseball, it's still top 10 teams because you're taking 10 total, right? Right. So it's it's that's totally different. It's totally different, and you also, uh, it just it seems like you it comes down to the whole you play a whole season for not really anything to get to this. I mean, so then these guys are going to turn on cruise control and get to yep. the seventh, eighth seed, and just get into the like all you got to do is get in. That's all you got to do, and then you can kind of work from there. And I just I don't think that's a good stigma to set. I really don't. And. I don't you know, think that'll stick. And we've talked about how, and, and then essentially the other rule changes that they would after that first round. So it would you'd have this tournament to determine the order. Then you'd have the first round, and then in the second and and finals, they would reseed regardless of league. Is that how that was? Yeah. So that's the other thing is like there. It would basically just be a one through sixteen. I guess after <laughs> the playing games potentially. Where there's no conferences, I don't like that. Like I know the conferences haven't been balanced, and I see what they're trying to do, but just leave the integrity of the league alone. This, 
this league's in a great position with what's going on just in general with the NFL and how well this league's doing. I don't understand why they're trying to mess with it. It's like they're throwing shit at wall at a wall trying to make it stick. And it's like nothing is wrong with the product. I understand that you do well, need to probably make some tweaks along the way to make it better, but don't make these drastic changes because you have a a really good thing that you shouldn't fuck up. And I think this would. So I do understand what you're saying. And the only thing I can think of, and you know me, I'm a big follow the money guy is I just think that these these teams that are like the Sixers or what not the Sixers now but you know that are going through the process and they're tanking like I think they're trying to solve that problem in an inadvertent way and I just like if you're going to reseed the playoffs that's fine reseed them at the beginning don't do this whole tournament play in shit and just reseed them from top to bottom right at the very onset of it and then have it go from there. You now Simmons has brought this up a couple of times, which I love. I'm pretty sure he was the originator of this idea. What if you made a situation where you had like the number one team choose which team it wanted to play? That'd be amazing. <laughs> That'd be wild. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I also think an interesting uh, idea I've heard thrown around for the fixing the tanking issue is you take the lottery teams and do a tournament, and whoever wins, yeah, gets, gets first. So you actually got to like. You got to try and win some games to earn that. I, I yeah. I, there or do you lot- think that just makes it too easy for the teams that are middle of the pack to get a, a really good draft pick? But like, who cares? Like, get yeah. better. Get better, Phoenix. I mean, I'm with you. I, the more changes have to happen. I, I've read a lot into that and everything. I'd, I'd have to really look back at it again to see like what the odds are and everything and how that works. But right. I, I know there are a lot of solutions to that. But I don't know. Like, it doesn't feel like this is a solution for that all this put together is a solution for that and so they're i guess they're going to bring this to the nba pa which i find the the timing of this all very interesting because that meeting's not till like january right. and it kind of turned the league on its head this past weekend of like you know of like everybody talking about it and i just it's so many drastic changes to your point and the only thing i can think of is just that it gives these teams that are in smaller markets that are building rebuilding or whatever a chance to you know a better a better incentive to be not Charlotte or whatever, you know, like, or, right. you know, whatever that team is as far as like building and really actually putting effort into building. And I I just think there's always going to be that disparity though. There's always going to be your Lakers, you know, versus your Milwaukee's like there just is. And we've talked a lot about how parody has come about in this league and a lot of other leagues too, as far as big market, small market, not being nearly as much of a thing anymore, but it's still definitely a thing and it's going to be a thing. You can't stop that really. No. I mean, that's ne- just never going to change. Not in our lifetimes at least. So like what, what changes, I mean, would the only change for you that would be acceptable is to reseed the playoffs or what's, what are your thoughts there? If I had to pick one, that w- I'm, o- I guess I'm okay with that. I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't like the idea of mixing the conferences, really. But that that one certainly of the ones we just discussed would be your best option. You know how I am about travel, though, and going across time zones. That'd be a freaking nightmare. It's a very good point. It's a very. But good I mean, point. think about it. I mean, if you're playing, if it's you know a series with, uh, let's say you're Toronto, right? And especially for those guys, they got to go through fucking customs every time. Like you're flying. Let's say you play LA in a series. And then you f- have to fly down and like play Miami. It's like that's a shit show. It's just hundred percent. I don't. I don't think that's feasible. Like, there's a reason there's conferences, and that's travel is part of it because you play so frequently in basketball. I, I don't know though, dude. So I, I'm with you, but baseball is kind of the same way. And I mean, I, I've been a big, big proponent of getting rid of the American and National League and just homogenizing it. And I, on, I mean, but, the rules are different, so that that's that's the biggest factor there for me. 
I'm not trying to downplay the amazing. I think the hand-eye coordination of baseball is the hardest thing to do. I think those guys are amazing, but what basketball players put their bodies through, just like that, that travel factor is just a bigger deal for those guys. And they're not built normal. Like they don't fit on planes and shit. Like I know they're flying charter, but still it's like, that's a big deal for those guys who are just pounding hard with 35 minutes a night. Oh, it's worse than football. It's worse than every other sport and maybe not hockey, but yeah, I mean the, the traumatic impact in football is way worse, obviously, but like just the, the longevity of what it does to your joints and stuff in basketball is like, awful. Humans aren't meant to run on hard wood for eighty <laughs> games right, a night, right. yeah, like, or a year, yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm with you, but I, like, I guess what I struggle to understand is what problem they solve with this, and like that's what I really like. Baseball is the worst about trying to solve problems that that don't really exist, like. We talk like I don't want to get too far into baseball, but like we've talked about this before. Baseball is so convinced that pace of play isn't is a problem when it's short. Like most games are short. The average baseball game is shorter than the average NFL game. Right. And like I don't want basketball to get into that where they try to solve a bunch of problems that don't truly exist. I don't. I I don't know what you can do. I mean, there's a lot of options. I get or a few options you have to solve the tanking thing. There's a lot of options. I, I don't really know what the answer to the load management question is we get into that in a minute but like at the end of the day like i just don't want them to address problems that don't really impact anything like i do not understand the logic of taking off four games why do that why bother no no i hear you man and it's like we're sitting here saying like which one of these could you live with it's like that shouldn't be a reason to do it right there should be a problem that's being solved there should be a reason to do it and it's it's definitely not doing that Correct. And I'm a big, like, let's fix it. I've proposed a lot of different changes and whatnot over time. I'm a big, like, if we have a problem, let's let's try to solve this issue in some way, shape, or form. But, like, man, going out and trying to solve a bunch of shit that doesn't matter is just absurd. Thinking that it's going to bring you more viewers when it's really not. You have to understand, like, I mean, there are trial and error things that happen all the time. Like, remember the the jerseys where you had the, the jerseys that were actual shirts for a couple right. of years? and. You know, the NBA tried to make that push. Those didn't sell at all. But you know what? They went out and tried something, you know, and that's that's admirable, too. But this none of these rule changes make any sense to me. None. No, I agree with you, man. And you, you just touched on it a minute ago. And I kind of want to transition that direction is over towards load management. I think it was who was it from ESPN. I think it was Zach Lowe um, said something about, you know, or it came out and basically said there's a memo from the from the league saying that teams are going to get penalized for, for load management and rest. And I, I, there's got to be some kind of loophole around it because they're going to continue to do that. But I, I think the league's going to start sending a message maybe a little quicker than we anticipated. Uh, Josh and I talked about it last episode of – and you actually – we talked about two episodes ago as well when you were on. It's just – when it affects your money, it's going to – they're going to take action a little a little quicker than we expected, I guess. I mean, because it's, it's I, a big deal. I mean, we, we went back and forth – for what it means for the fan at the game. Mm-hmm. And I think we probably see – we see that through a little different lens, right? Because I was saying, you know, the guy that makes, you know, mid- middle-class, working-class guy takes his three kids to the game and, you know, all these superstars sit out. That's shitty. Yep. But maybe that guy shouldn't spend that money on your that ticket, you know what I mean, if he's yeah. that strapped for cash. So I, I totally get that side of the argument. But, I mean, even from a viewership standpoint, like I'm not trying to watch regular season basketball, even though I love this and I'm doing this. I'm not trying to watch game 20 if the top five players are out. You know what I mean? It's just not that interesting to me. I mean, be honest. You'll do it, but you won't like it. 
know. I know. I will. Like, I'll be on League Pass bouncing around from fourth quarters trying to find something to excite me, right? And it's yeah. Like, no, but you're an ardent NBA guy, and, and you're not the average fan, and that that's your point. I get it. It makes yeah, sense. If you, they I'm, turn it on, and Kawhi and LeBron, and eight, they're not playing. It's like, they're not going to have interest. No, and I get, I do get that, but I mean, that's the, that's the downside of having a long ass season like that. And I, I just, I, I don't think, I think that the players are going to be really tough to bargain with on this. And I think that the reason that it's not this, all these changes that we just talked about, everything aren't a big deal is because the players are in no way, shape or form going to vote for any of that. They're not, they're not going to agree to any of those things. And so like, I get the TV contracts and whatnot, but those are already signed and inked and paid for. So like, okay, so maybe you're talking about the next one not being as lucrative as maybe the last one was, but like the last one was the most lucrative deal in sports history. So like, I I get where you're coming from. It literally allowed, like it allowed for Kevin Durant to be able to sign with the Warriors. That's how like Steve Kerr has come out and said that himself, uh, you know, in in Bill Simmons' big book of basketball 2.0 where he talked about you know them the salary cap jumping and having an, an extra max slot an extra max <laughs> slot per team right. to be able to sign a player like Kevin Durant like that is a big deal and we're not going to see that again you it may detract some but i mean is ESPN really not going to pay for that you know they are no they definitely they definitely are and yeah these NBA uh league deals i just pulled up ABC ESPN TNT all uh, on contract through 2024, 2025. So, yeah, locked in, man, at 24 bill. So, I'm telling you, man, it's a lot of fucking money. So, like, at, yeah, at the and and they're gonna renegotiate that contract between now the players' union and the and the you know the NBA. They're gonna renegotiate that contract between now and then. And I mean, they're gonna. I just don't see the players standing for any of this. I really don't. I don't see how it benefits the game. I don't see how it benefits the players in any way. I don't even really 100% see how it benefits the NBA at all. Yeah, I mean, I think the owners would be for all of these things because they're just looking at the bottom line. But I don't know. you got to be careful what, what you put your players through. Like, if load management is the best thing for Kawhi Leonard for your team to win a championship, it's like, do you care more about him playing 61 games and winning a championship or playing 72? Okay, Half of those are at home, so he played five more, six more home games, but you didn't win a championship because he played too much. It's like right. I mean, this what makes we, sense for the, from an owner's standpoint. It doesn't. And further than that, like you're, I just I, I'm always cautious of moving too fast on these things as well, just because there's this. I don't know. Like you can turn people off that way, and I'm not saying that people are going to slam their door on the you know the game of basketball because they make these changes, but right, I don't think it helps by any means. No, I agree. I agree. We'll we'll see. Like I said, I don't think the players are gonna are gonna vote on it. So at the end of the day, it might it might be kind of irrelevant. But it really seems it, like they want to change something, though. Yeah, they're 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 fishing for something. Like I said, they're throwing shit at a wall and hoping something sticks. And they and we'll we'll see. They've got to reseat the playoffs, though. That'd be the best thing they could do, man. I would honestly be okay with the playoffs being condensed. Yeah. So the other thing that you could do is add two more teams. That would help a lot. Add two more. No, I'm talking about condense it. No, less. I know that. But like, if you add two more teams, that actually, in theory, oh, condenses oh, it. I guess you just add two more teams to the league. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, that in theory, it's going to be hard it. to get owners on board with it. With that TV deal in place, there's certainly the fan bases for it in in Seattle, Las Vegas, several cities across the country. It's 
it's doable. I just don't know if you can get – I think you have to get more than half of all the other 30 owners on board. You do. You have to have like three-fourths or something like that. Yeah, two-thirds or something. That's going to be a challenge. Yeah, that's true. I know I'm with you, but I mean, if it mean, I mean, it's going to be less money in their pocket in the longer run, but I don't know. I just that that would be a way to to subtly condense it. I but I think if you reseat the playoffs though, all of a sudden you have like I just like you look at like so the first round last year was just so stupid. It really was. Like you had you know, you've always got like Golden State going again. Who did Golden State even play in the first round last year? Was it They New played Orleans? the Clippers actually. The Clippers? And they won okay. two games. So I mean Yeah, all I'm saying is like those like nobody cares about those games. Sure, like, I agree with that. And that there's no significance of those games whatsoever. Like we're watching them, and I don't even know why we're watching them half the time. Like I don't really care about game two of you know the the quarterfinals at the end of the day. But if you have like competitive basketball at each matchup, I mean you're still having the best teams come out. And yeah. I would much rather watch like you know the. I don't know, like the Clippers take on the Lakers in the finals or, you know, whatever it is. I, I don't know. Like, that's a, just a throwing it out there. But no, I think the, I, I think like, you know, I was dogging on the the mixing up the conferences and I think it would be a, a challenge for the league at first. But hearing you say that, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, like think about divisions, right? Like we, we're talking about whenever you, they exist, you and jo- yeah, you and Josh were planning, you forgot they existed entirely. And a lot of times whenever I was writing the descriptions and stuff like that for you guys, I had to go look up and make sure I named it properly because I right, don't even right. really care about the divisions at all. It gets to a point where it's like East and West who cares? Like, you know, like redivide everything properly, make Memphis part of the East. You know, you got to do a little bit of, you may sure. as well go ahead and do a little bit of reshuffling while you're at it. Right. Put, go ahead and put the Mavericks in the East. Why not? I mean, if the East and uh, West don't really matter, it doesn't, you know, I guess it doesn't really technically matter. But you ha- you essentially divide everything up properly and then just, like, reseed the playoffs normally. And I think I think you have a better product there. I've I always agree. thought that. Your best idea yet was just put Dallas in the East. That's Dude. what I'm most on board with. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I wanted to talk about a uh, an article I read for, um, about Jimmy Butler saying that, James Harden's the most unstoppable player in the NBA. He's the hardest player he's ever had to play against or defend. I I find that really hard to believe, but not I mean not I've I've done nothing but defend Harden on this on this pod, but I was shocked to hear him say that, man. Cuz he's a, you know, he's an all all NBA defensive type guy. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure I buy anything that Jimmy Butler is selling at this point. Right. You think I think that it's got like you're telling me he's better harder to guard than LeBron? Like, yeah. LeBron's got 50 pounds on you, bro. You're telling me he's harder to guard than LeBron? I, I, I don't think know. there are, like, three or four people that are probably harder to guard. Like, Giannis is harder to guard than Harden, yeah. probably. But I guess we're, he's talking about more from a perimeter defender standpoint as a one-on-one. Okay. Like, out in space, that's the last dude I'm trying to see because you know he's going to dice you up or you're going to get a foul. Yeah. I just, I just thought that was interesting mm-hmm. to see Jimmy Butler come out and say that. Yeah. And really, really for no, no reason. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I mean, that's that's a typical Jimmy Butler. Oh wait, it might be, it might be. It wasn't the Player Tribune, so I'll give him, I'll give him okay. a pass on that. I, I saw it on Clutch Points, but yeah, it was, it, it's from Player Tribune, so that's always kind of cool to see perspective like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I read one from Luke Keekley in the NFL, which was really interesting, but I, I don't know. I, I would think Jimmy Butler would have put somebody, you know, like LeBron or somebody more physical on that list. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to think like. It's definitely LeBron. It's definitely, I mean, Giannis would definitely be harder to keep up with. Luca at this point would probably be harder to keep up with than 
than Harden. At, Lou at least, Williams should be pretty fucking high on that list because no one can guard that dude. I'm telling you, man. Apparently not. Nobody seems to have a solution yet. So it's unreal. Uh, so it's been what two or about a week and a half, two weeks since you and I last spoke. You know, looking at these kind of records across the NBA, anything that sticks out to you the most? I mean, I don't want to. We've talked about the Mavs, and I think at 11-5, that might be your answer. But any other record that really kind of stands out to you? I mean, I've, I'm really happy about the start the Celtics have been on at 12-4. and four. I mm-hmm. think Kimba's been a lot. I think Kimba's been exactly what they needed uh, Kyrie to be. And Right. It's not even the stats. It's just it's the leadership. It's hitting the big shots. It's letting the other young guys make plays You know, when it's their time. Yeah. I, really, I really like what he's brought to the table so far. And let me tell you, the fact that he's faking a tummy ache to not go to Boston this weekend is a real pussy move. And it tells you exactly what you need to know about the guy. Yeah. I don't think it's a tummy ache, but it's some, some bullshit. Dude, he's full of shit. Real he, fucking he'll have, to, he'll have to play him. He doesn't uh, want to go back to Boston. That's what it is. He'll get right. It. He'll have to play him later in the season, but it won't be in Boston unless they're in the same whatever fucking conference <laughs> area uh, division in the Eastern Conference and they'll actually have to play each other twice at home. So He's going to get booed out of the goddamn building if, Bro, he, if he gets sick, garden, if he has to go to boston a second time and he gets sick a second time like i don't even think he would do that he would get so called out by nba players i feel like uh, i dude but does it matter i mean it probably shouldn't but i think as a man it would probably bother him but Kyrie's a weird dude man so maybe maybe not i don't think it would bother him because i don't think he really gives a fuck about anybody but himself i really don't eh, i guess that's true you know what the most surprising record to me is i'll get so i'll do i'll give you two in the east i think the heat at 12 and 4 is another it's a good obvious start. candidate is most most surprising that doesn't feel sustainable to me but it, I mean, we're six, we're we're a fifth of the season in almost. I mean, I think they're going to be a pretty good team. I mean, who are we to second guess Spolstra and Pat Riley together? I mean, we're right. They know what the fuck they're doing for sure. And I mean, Bam is looking really fucking good. Tyler Heroes looked really fucking good. I don't know if if Dragic is going to, you know, we'll see what he can bring in May. Right, like right. that's going to be interesting. I can't uh, believe Kelly Olynyk is still in this league. Still making shots too. It's unreal. Really he, he, he's he's outdated though. He he won't be here much longer. Um, Boy, I went to the the Cavs game the other night. That team stinks. Stinks. They are well, bad. We gave each other homework assignments to watch a young team, and that was mine. And holy shit, they have Colin Sexton, and that's about it. That's about it, man. There's, dude, we're big NBA guys. I don't think I can name seven players on their roster. It's horrible. It's Colin Sexton and Kevin Love, basically. That's yeah. all it is. And Tristan Thompson, for some reason, <laughs> which is very confusing. I'm good on that. But the other, uh, in the Eastern Conference, the other record I was going to say that's really surprising me at this point, and I wasn't too worried about it early in the season, you know, two and four, whatever. Like, it's starting to be a little concerned. It's the magic, you know, team that made the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. I think right at 500, added some pieces, did not get any worse, certainly got better. And they're six and 10, which depressingly is eighth seed in the east <laughs> but uh six and ten is pretty bad for that team and just watching them it doesn't look it doesn't look optimistic i don't even know if they're gonna be able to make the playoffs in that conference yeah no i'm with you it's not great so far it hasn't it's just been a slow start is bomba playing at all uh no he's like here i'll pull up his minutes um not playing a lot though right right and uh you know, the other team that I was going to say, well, that's for the Western Conference with the Suns. Suns are starting to come back to life. Yeah, we'll which, get to that in a second. Which, sure. I mean, or not come, <laughs> just come back down to earth, I should say. Yeah. 
I still think it's a team that might go like around 500, which is, you know, way different than, or, you know, just different than I saw this season going. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Do you, Josh thinks they can win 48 to 50 games and make the playoffs and be a relatively high seed. And I, I just, can I don't they? Know if yes. I'm I don't there yet. Can they? Yes. I don't think that they will, though. Right. I don't right. think they have the coaching or the. Uh, that's a weird team, man. V- like, Vucevic is kind of weird. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about. My bad. I'm talking about uh, the Suns. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were going to get to that in a minute. Uh, so I was also looking up Andre Drummond numbers to get to you, to give to you. Oh, here God. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you want to stay in the East, give me your Andre Drummond numbers. By the way, Mo Bamba's playing 14 and a half minutes. So, okay. I mean, I just working don't. Him in. Like, Jonathan Isaac's pretty good on that team. Like, I, yeah. But I don't. Something about like, it feels janky, right? Right. Like, Aaron Gordon's pretty good. Vucevich is pretty good. Like, they're all pretty okay, good. We got a weird mix of guards here, and we know. Uh, uh, what's my French? The French guy's name. I can't think of it right now. Uh, Fournier. We know he's going to go for like twenty-seven one game and one the next game. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you do with that team. That's a team that's kind of stuck in a limbo position, but they're still relatively young. So yeah. we'll see. I just I thought they'd be a lot better than six and ten. I, I thought they'd be probably ten and six. You know, sixteen games into the season for sure. Um, Andre Drummond <laughs> is averaging seventeen point eight points a game. Uh, that's four more than his career uh, average as far as stats go. And he's averaging 17 boards a game, dude. Damn. So, how, wait, how many points? Uh, almost 18. Okay. It's pretty that's fucking pretty, good. That's pretty wild. That's and, pretty, si- and they're 6 and 11. Right. Not good. So, I mean, I don't, I've, I don't know what his contract is like, but my God. Like, could you imagine if he played <laughs> on the Mavs? Ooh, man, buddy, that, we you talked and- about that. That's the that's the big body they need. Actually, my my if, if I could pick one center to play in the league, eh, that's a good one. I, I like Capella. I think Capella would be really fun next to KP. Yeah, uh, he's a little one dimensional for me. Okay, that's um, fair. It feels like the Sixers have been off to a little bit of a slow start, but they're I mean they're still eleven and six, so that's not terrible. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, Embiid had a game where he put up zero points last night, but he also had like eleven <laughs> boards. So I, what do you, I don't right. even know what you do with that. I mean, they were like seven and five at one point. People were, were in a little bit. They they go on a four and one streak. Like this team's gonna they're they're just, oh, basically a six fifty winning percentage. This team's gonna be fine. They're gonna win yeah. fifty plus games. Um, whether they shake out, you know, I think Bucks will probably win this conference the way it's looking. But two, three, four, five, six, wherever they go, they're gonna be fine. That that conference isn't that deep. Uh, them is my Eastern Conference winner, actually, and yours as well. I'm not too concerned about uh, at this point. It's just what we talked about, like Brett Brown having to figure out these rotations, and I'm not, you know, incredibly confident in that. I'm relatively confident in it, but I think he'll figure it out. It's just working the, these guys in together, and honestly, a pretty crappy bench that you got to figure out as well. True. I think my one of my biggest surprises of this season is the fact that the time clock is not working in Chicago for accountability. <laughs> I mean, Boylan put in a goddamn time clock. What a football coach move, right? It is a fo- it, that's a football coach move, but I mean, he's not good. That's something like you would hear about it, like a you know old school Alabama or something like that. But it's just not yielding any results. But no. that's probably more so you know a, a result of the roster that was assembled for him definitely yeah but they very very young though very i don't know young. that they should have rehired him to be real honest or uh re-upped him yeah. but you know i, I don't know what else, what else are you we'll see do? man i mean you got levine you got kobe white you got wendell carter you i mean yeah dude those are auto porter like it's a young team those aren't great pieces though like i, I don't know i don't know if kobe white's gonna be a 
guard in this league. I like Wendell Carter, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. He's been fine. He's been fine. He's not not been outstanding by any means. You've already got the Knicks that are angling to fire David Fisdale. They're looking for any excuse <laughs> to do it. I mean, that's not surprising. They're four and thirteen. It's not surprising there at all. Right. Uh, I mean, James Dolan's already kicking fans out for telling him to sell the fucking team. Like you, you know, the He's same old shit's going on in New York. Dude. Such a shithead. Dude, I think it, I find it really interesting. I'm just looking at like who's got great home record or away record. The Blazers have only played five home games, and the Clippers have played twelve. I don't know how that how that's fair, buddy. But that, like the Blazers are one and four at home, and they're historically a terrific home team. That team stinks, dude. It stinks. They stinks. do six and twelve, and like Josh said, it. I mean, losing Aminu and Harkless, and not having an elite wing is basically impossible in this league, and you're. Oh, not having an elite wing and defender in a conference where I'm just like looking at the top teams where you got to guard LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Luca, James Harden. Like you need an elite him. wing to go play defense, and you don't have it. You got to trade Dame, dude, you, or CJ. One of, the, if not both. CJ is more movable for his production because his yeah. his money is like 15 mil less a year. We talked about that Dame contract. It is a monster. I don't think it's a horrible deal yet, but it's, it's not a horrible he's deal. Great. He's playing the best. You know, normally you worry about a guy getting that deal because he had such a great year last year in a contract year and not living up to it. He's had the best year of his career so far. No, I'm not saying but that I think it's a, he's like 30, so it is it is a risky deal. I'm not saying that it's a bad deal in terms of play, but it's just a huge ass contract in, in and of itself. And that's where it's going to it'd be tough to move it at all. I agree with that. I think I think that's fair. I mean, you uh, could do it, but I mean, I don't know what like I don't know what team could give up or, and or have the cap space to do it. That's kind of the problem there. Yeah, I'd have to study that and look at it. It's and see not who many it really dude. makes sense for, but yeah, it would be one or two suitors at most, I would think. All right, so I, I mean, it. There's a, obviously we all know the reasons, but the fact that Golden State has won three games, and I mean the Knicks have won four, that's pretty shocking. But for two very for very different reasons. Yeah, yeah, two against the Mavs. That's a good point. <laughs> it is, it is, man. And I mean, I watched the Mavs beat the Warriors by what was it, fifty? I, I turned it off. You text me the final forty-two. Score. I think is what. The yeah, one forty-two ninety-four. I mean, it was just it was unreal, man. That being said, looking at their schedule, they've lost games. I'm just looking at it. They lost by three. They lost by four. They lost by eight. They lost by five. Like they're not getting totally blown out. I mean, I think this team is subtly just tanking, or maybe not so subtly. Uh, well, they don't. I mean, they don't have a choice. They don't have. I well, mean, yeah, they don't really don't have a choice. Actually, I guess it's 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 tanking or just playing young players and trying to develop them and got and not burning guys that you know are going to be on the team. Right. Uh, I mean, meanwhile, though, I mean, D'Angelo Russell's shooting forty five, almost forty six percent from field goal range, thirty five percent from three point land, seventy six percent on his three throws free throws averaging 24 points per game and 3.6 rebounds a game that's pretty fucking good dude yeah what's this assist that that is good that is uh, 20 i mean 24 points i'll take that well yeah i mean from d'angelo russell he's not an elite elite guy but he's he's good i thought he was trending that direction he went from 15 to 21 last year he goes from 21 to 24 this year but how much of that's going to be a product of to two best players on the team being out, right? Right, I mean, and that's probably an eighteen-point scorer on a on a championship team, no doubt about it. And so, I mean that that in and of itself, I mean that it's shocking to see them on the bottom of this whole thing. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, I think everybody understands the situation they're in. 
They're I not agree. worried about it is the point. Let me ask you this with D'Angelo Russell. If he's on a championship team, what's the absolute highest he could be? Second, third, or fourth best player on that team? Depends on the team. Where do you put it? I don't think any, I don't think there, I guess the point I'm trying to get to, I don't think there's any realistic situation where he can be the second best player on a team and they'll win the championship. Third for sure, because he could be a great third scoring option. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't hate that take. I mean, I look at like the Rockets. No. The Lakers. No. He would be the third best player on all those teams, though. Yeah. He could be the second best player on. That's what you were saying. I got you. I got you. Is it the is it you're the looking Clippers? at the competitors? No. I'm just saying. I guess you couldn't even add them to a team that's like pretty good right now. No, what I'm saying is like because your thing was like you you posed like could he be the second best player on any of those teams? None of those teams he could be. Got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. I, and I was just saying just in general too. Like if he goes to a team next year that's like decent, right? Like let's say, uh, well, he wouldn't. This actually would make sense and not make sense. Like goes to Phoenix, right? He's probably the second best player on that team. Like, that's uh, not going to do anything for them. I don't know, dude. So we were talking about Phoenix a minute ago. Like, I mean, Booker is really fucking legit. Good. He's really legit. Where do you, where is he at? Right? Like, is he top fifteen? It's a little rich because his defense is trash. It's pretty close. I mean, what is defense anymore though? But I mean, his is like historically bad. But yeah, I mean. He's probably top 15, top 20. I mean, if you're watching the NBA night in and night out, or at least a few times a week as we are, I mean, he is balling this year. He is a really fun player to watch. That's true. But I mean, he's, and I mean, he's, they're doing it without Aiton. They're, I mean, there's a lot going on there. And, but I, I do think you're right. I think that they've come back down to earth. You were saying this earlier. And I think that's, that was kind of to be expected, right? I don't think that shocks anybody. No, they could realistically win 50 games or go under the 29 and a half that I picked. Man, that would be pretty hard, but it's certainly possible. There's so much talent on this team. I don't know how that's possible. Well, I do, but, you know. Aside. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, we'll, we'll we'll see how that plays out. I just think Devin Booker is probably one of the most slept on superstars. I didn't know Frank Comiskey played for them. Good God. Oh, dude, yeah. You haven't seen the haircut he's been rocking, dude. It's yeah. it, Seeing him and... Uh, is it Sarich that's on yeah. that? God, dude, seeing them out there is incredible. It's so funny looking. They look like they're just ready for a game in like 1981. Do, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Do we know what Kelly Oubre is yet or no? Yeah, I think he's a sixth man probably on at a best. really good team. At best. At best. I don't, yeah, I mean, he's he's playing a lot he better this year. He started off pretty good, and he's playing decent, but he, he's, cooled, he's cooled down. He's shooting 45.5% um, from field goal range, 32.4% from three. He's 83% of his free throws, 18 points per game, and six rebounds per game. That's that's not bad. I'll take that. He's playing a lot of minutes, though. Like He's he's starting on that team. He's averaging 31 minutes a game. Yeah. Right. Like That's that's pretty high. Career uh, 22 minutes per game. So, yeah. Right. Right. That's high. what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, D'Angelo, though, going back to him, I he feels like a guy that could be a really good stat, bad team guy. Yeah. Or go to a, a uh, like go to a team that's really going to compete and needs to be their third best player and be comfortable in that role of hey, I'm going to play 29 to 30 minutes. I'm going to average 17, but I'm going to do it efficiently and I'm going to hit hit open shots. That's the role he needs yeah. to play if he wants to be on a great team. Otherwise, just go get your money, go get your buckets. Yeah, I don't hate that take. I think that's the right take. All right, well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. It's been a good hour and change just perusing through some of this stuff. Lots to talk about. 
it's been a great season so far. Lots of unexpected crap going on. Um, yep. Yeah, man, we're we're really just scratching the surface of it. We're like twenty games into this thing. Dude, I'm glad to be back, man. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Glad to have uh, have you on. Hopefully, we get the uh, the whole crew back after the holidays, and you know we'll kind of see where we're at and start creeping closer to that that Christmas Day schedule, man. And we'll really be uh, before we know, kind of in the heat of it and seeing how these teams stack up. We're gonna make some picks for the Christmas Day uh, games oh, yeah. and everything. We're gonna we're gonna get those out there because that's that's a prime time for us to do a bunch of rivalry pick them shit. Absolutely, and uh, we don't do a lot of know, that on this show, but we're going to. We, yeah, we need to start doing a little bit more of that, and, and nothing would make me happier than just telling Josh how bad he is at picking basketball games <laughs> on Christmas, because that just would encompass the Josh Bristow, George Costanza. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love it, man. But uh, yeah, well, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. We'll, we'll get out of here, and we'll see everybody have a good Thanksgiving, and we'll see everybody next week.